My name is Anna Grutzner, and my intention is to discuss, embody, and share my learnings in all things psychology, the human mind, mental health, and wellness. This is a platform to refresh my own knowledge and stimulate conversation before I pick up further psychology studies after completing my bachelor nine years ago. I welcome you on this journey of learning, unlearning, and relearning psychology and what it means to be in joy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my very first solo episode on the seven key attitudes of mindfulness. Before I dive into this topic, I wanted to give a bit of background on who I am and why I'm so passionate about psychology, wellness, mindfulness, and really why we're here today. So I studied my arts degree with a major in psychology back in 2011, finishing in 2014 at Melbourne University. And there I learned all of the different foundations of psychology from human behavior, neuroplasticity, clinical psychology, personality, sleep, dreams, mental health, and all of the different facets that exist. From then, I went and worked in PR and communications in Sydney and spent about three and a half years there before returning back to Melbourne and taking on different roles in PR, comms, marketing, and I'm now a full-time marketing manager. However, I've always had this passion and this interest in psychology and well-being. Where that stems from is definitely for myself facing challenges in this space. My mental health was a big challenge for me throughout my late teens and early adolescence, just navigating all of the changes that come within those periods of life. And now I'm just super passionate about sharing and learning and finding new ways to work on my own wellness and that of the people around me. So with that, I will dive into my first topic, which is the seven key attitudes of mindfulness. And this is coming to you fresh from my therapy session earlier today. I saw my psychologist who I've been seeing on and off over a period of about eight years. And I recently reconnected with her to help navigate some challenges and some changes happening at this stage in my life. So these seven key attitudes are taken from the Headspace website, but I will walk through them one by one. The first key attitude of mindfulness is non-judgment. So this is all about being an impartial witness to your own experience. It's about becoming aware of the constant stream of judging and reacting to inner and outer experiences. So for me, this is a really close association with my ego because my ego is the furthest thing from an impartial witness to my experiences. It wants to be in amongst all of the details, every little moment, experience, behavior, thought that comes up throughout my day, my ego will latch onto and stick to like super glue. It wants to label things, categorize things, good, bad, put things into buckets And this leads me to chase down lots of different rabbit holes as thoughts and situations come up throughout my day, going into things, analyzing them, trying to come up with solutions, resolutions, and it's super distracting and it really takes me away from the present moment, often back into the past, into the future, anywhere but the here and the now. So this is not helpful at all and the process 
for me to practice non-judgment is going to be in peeling back those layers, identifying when I'm labeling things, categorizing things as right or wrong, and seeing those rabbit holes and making a conscious choice to not chase down them. Not every little thought needs to have counter thoughts and reactions. They can just be as they are. The second key attitude is patience. This is accepting the fact that things sometimes unfold in their own time. Wisdom is allowing for this natural order. So if we look at nature and the seasons, right now we're in the heat of summer, we have these beautiful, long, sunny, warm days, short nights, we have our holidays, and then we know we have autumn coming, the leaves will turn orange, red, they'll blow off the trees, it will get colder, moving into winter, where we then have those short days, long nights, it's darker, it's colder, the wet weather comes in. And then we move into spring, which is all around new life, new growth, colors, brightness, humidity. And then we have done the full cycle and we're back into summer. So the interesting thing about this cycle is that no one tells it to start or stop. There's no instruction manual. It just happens on its own. And each season is part of the wider ecosystem and has its own place. So I think that there are some really great lessons there in nature that we can bring into our human experience and really practice. The second thing that's coming up for me in patience at the moment is I'm 28 years old, about to turn 29. And then that means my 30th birthday is next year. And I think with these decade birthdays comes a sense of pressure and a sense of self-analysis, really comparing where I am right now versus where I thought I would be maybe five years ago, 10 years ago. I have always been someone that has had a five-year plan, 10-year plan, checklists, bucket lists, places I want to visit and relationship goals, family goals, work, career, all of the aspects of my life have been under a hyper-focus through journaling and goal setting. And although I think that this can be a really powerful tool to guide you towards your purpose and your mission in life, I do think that there is this shadow side which is quite dogmatic and rigid and not allowing things to happen in their own natural order. So this is something I've become a lot more comfortable with, particularly in the last year, is just accepting that there's only so much one can achieve in a single lifetime and just embracing the process and being really incredibly grateful for all of the things I do have, whether they were or were not on that five-year plan. The third key attitude is a beginner's mindset. This is remaining open and curious, and that allows us to be receptive to new possibilities and prevents us from getting stuck in the rut of our own expertise. For me, this is all around what got you here won't get you to where you want to go. Unless everything in your life is absolutely as you want it to be, most of us have things that we want to change, improve, do differently, and this requires us to venture into new beginnings, into new territories. And with that, it can be quite scary feeling like a beginner. And I recently started a new job six months ago, and I've definitely felt this day to day is just that feeling having come from a role where I was there for three and a half years. I knew who everyone was. I knew what my role was, what to expect every day. And I felt this sense of mastery and expertise. But coming into a new company, completely different 
ways of working, I was definitely up against that inner critic telling me that I was inadequate or not picking up on things as fast as I should. I had expectations and this inner push to prove myself. And that is really not healthy. So the way I was able to let go of this was to really just embrace the novelty and the newness of this pathway that I was on. It's a new adventure and feeling into that honeymoon phase where you are a bit on your toes and you are unsure and uncertain, but you've got this fire in your belly driving you and exciting you and really lighting you up. So I think that's something we can all take on board as we start new projects, new things. We're in a new year is feeling that beginner's mindset. The fourth attitude of mindfulness is trust. So this is all about developing a basic trust with yourself and your feelings and knowing it's okay to make mistakes. As babies, we are inherently trusting. We need to trust because we are completely codependent on our mothers, on our families to provide us with those basic needs, food, sleep, shelter, emotional care and as we move into childhood and particularly into adolescence these situations and scenarios happen which cause that trust to break down whether it's something happening to you or around you and and that does cause us to put up these walls and to put up these barriers as we become adults we do need to go through this process of letting those walls break back down both with the outside world beginning to trust other people your pathway but then also trusting that inner voice and that inner knowing that we all have our intuition this is definitely something I've been working on over the past couple of years but it really started with the basics so just thinking about little things you know where do I want to go for my morning coffee which route do I want to run this morning who do I feel like being around today what is lighting me up what's getting me excited what is motivating me right here right now in this moment trusting those gut feelings those pulls those intuitions and following it wherever it may lead part two to this is knowing that if you do find yourself in the wrong place or somewhere you didn't expect that that's okay too because in knowing what you don't want you now know what you do want so seeing that as a gift and as a chance to redirect your compass number five is non-striving so the goal here is to be with yourself right here right now pay attention to what is unfolding without trying to change anything this is going to be by far the hardest one for me to implement. I am such a striver. I'm extremely action oriented and I struggle to just let things be as they are. So starting with the small things, because I think how you do one thing is how you do everything. If I'm trying to sleep and there's a road noise, trams, helicopters, cars, street noise, I find it extremely difficult to just be where I am. It really starts a narrative in my mind about, oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to sleep and then I'm going to be tired tomorrow and then I'm not going to be focused at work and I go down a rabbit hole. So that is just one example of a situation where I am trying to change something. The seventh key attitude of mindfulness is acceptance. So this is about seeing things as they are. This sets the stage for acting appropriately in your life, no matter what's happening. 
For me, this is really coming up because I've just been through some major life changes, including a breakup, moving back into my own apartment and spending a lot of time on my own. So although I'm incredibly grateful to have a roof over my head and to be living where I live, there's so much good around me, it's definitely a big change and a bit of a shock to the system. At the moment, we're early in the new year, most of my family and friends are away, they're out of Melbourne, and it's really forced me to spend a lot of time by myself or with myself. And to accept that has been a challenge and has taught me a lot of lessons in in how I react to being alone. So for me, I think it's been really important to step outside of my current situation where there's lots of newness and change and emotion and to look at it more objectively and impartially and to see that this is just one phase and there will be many more phases to come and not getting too stuck in the details of why I'm alone, why I feel this way, and just starting to embrace that time. You know, for me right now, what I'm loving about being alone is getting to choose how I feel my day, going for runs, for walks, listening to podcasts. And there is so many little things that fill up my cup that are very different to what I was doing one month ago, but just accepting that this is where I'm at and what I'm doing right now. Attitude number seven is letting go. When we pay attention to our inner experience, we discover there are certain thoughts, emotions, and situations the mind wants to hold onto. Let your experience be what it is right now. I can certainly relate to this one. I have so many situations, thoughts, and emotions that my mind loves holding onto, playing, replaying on a loop. And this can be things like memories, visions of the future, daydreaming. And although some of these thoughts can be comforting or sometimes energizing, what they do is take me out of the present moment again into the past, into the future and into a place of habitual thinking. So for me, the process of letting go is going to be a bit of a combination of attitudes one to six. So using non-judgment, patience, beginner's mind, trust, non-striving and acceptance. Once I can embody those six attitudes, I feel that the process of letting go is going to be a whole lot smoother. So finding when I do get stuck in these habitual thinking loops to just jump out and not to necessarily try and solve that problem or solve that thought, but just to choose a better feeling thought. Ideally, something that's happening around you, something that you can really be present with. Maybe it's the sun on your skin or a breeze on your face or something in your current environment that grabs your attention and that uplifts you. So those are the seven key attitudes of mindfulness. A quick recap, we spoke about non-judging, patience, beginner's mind, trust, non-striving, acceptance, and letting go. I am both a mix of excited and nervous to practice these and to bring these into my life. The one I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for me is that non-striving but that's probably the one that I need to really pay the most attention to. So wish me luck. And I hope you found you could relate to certain aspects of today's conversation. And hopefully you can bring some of these tools 
into your life in both big and small ways and seeing how it affects your experience of the present moment. So thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and see you next time.